Welcome to training from Scott Ross Online. Scott Ross is a highly sought after and internationally acclaimed personal development and leadership coach who speaks to more than 50,000 people a year. The same strategies he's taught top executives are available to you through programs like this one. We encourage you to take notes and listen to this audio multiple times for maximum results. And now, here's Scott. Welcome, everybody, to the Scott Ross Leadership Podcast. This is episode 112, and you're going to be able to find the show notes for this episode at scottrossonline.com slash 112, scottrossonline.com slash 112. Thank you guys so much for taking time out of your week to listen to this information. I hope that it adds value to you and helps you become the leader that you can be. Every problem is ultimately a leadership problem. All the problems we have in the world world ultimately trace back to a need for better leadership. And I believe that we can change the world as we raise our leadership lids. So I'm excited about being a part of that process with you. And thanks for being here. We started a new series last week, which is how to overcome the most common leadership challenges, the most common leadership challenges. And last week we started with one that is not something that is obvious to a leader, especially not obvious to new leaders, and that is the challenge of maintaining and increasing your personal effectiveness. If you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to go to scottrossonline.com slash 111 to listen to episode 111 and hear that first challenge, that first leadership challenge. But today, we're going to dive into a challenge that is obvious to most leaders. In fact, it's a challenge that most leaders think about first when they think about leadership. And it's the cha- it's the challenge that as I speak around the world and as I mentor leaders, I am asked most. And I am calling this challenge the challenge of inspiring high performance. Inspiring high performance. Every leader is thinking, how can I get my team to accomplish more? You know, head coaches want more wins. Managers want to deliver better projects or deliver more revenue. Network marketers want to get their people to hit ranks faster. People are thinking about high performance. And so as a as an emerging leader, you're thinking, how do I get high performance out of my people? Now, this topic alone could be a week-long workshop. I mean, we could dedicate uh, an entire you know 10 to 12-part series on getting performance out of your people. And if you go back and subscribe to the podcast, you can do that on the web website, you'll find a ton of episodes that either indirectly or directly touch on aspects of getting high performance out of your people. But what I wanted to do this week is just give you some high-level concepts to lead you through the challenge and just hit the tops of the waves, so to speak, to get you thinking in the right direction and kind of whet your appetite for going deeper on how to be a leader that inspires performance and gets performance. You know, I tweeted, um, my Twitter handle is Scott Ross Online. If you want to follow my tweets, I tweet about leadership a lot. And I tweeted, um, I don't know, a week or so ago, I tweeted something that said to the effect that leadership is not simply about getting people to follow you. You know, leadership is about getting people to follow you to produce results. Uh, There's plenty of people who are wandering around following this person or that organization, but they're not getting any results. And if we're not getting results, then really are we leading? That's the question. And so that's what this is really going to address. How do we get high performance out of our people? 
So let's talk about the steps for that. The first step to inspiring high performance is to model high performance. Model high performance. I can't emphasize it enough. In this life, virtually everything is more caught than taught. You've heard me say that before. And you've heard me talk about the five levels of leadership or the five steps of leadership. And the first step is I model followed by I mentor. Everybody wants to jump to the mentor step. Let me teach you what to do. Let me show you what to do. Let me give you the rules of what to do. Let me give you the the regulations. Let me tell you what the, the policy manual says. Okay, all of that is meaningless if you haven't done step one. We've got to model what it is that we want. We've got to model what high performance looks like. You know, I was in the military, and one of the things I observed in the military is that units, and a unit, by the way, is like, you know, a platoon or a company or a brigade or a battalion or whatever, a unit always was a reflection of their commanding officers and non-commissioned officers. You could tell exactly what a commanding officer was like by looking at their unit. You didn't even have to see them. You know, you would go, you would see uh, people line up uh, for for formation, which, the, you know, in the, in the beginning of anything you do in the military, you have to line up in formation, and then they release you to go do whatever. And so everybody's standing in these lines, you know, these rows of people. And you could just look at them. If all of the uniforms were crisp and and uh, ironed, and the boots were polished. That was a squared away commanding officer. You knew it. And then sometimes you'd see units where everything looked a little disheveled. People looked kind of like a soup sandwich. I mean, there wasn't a lot of discipline. There was not a lot of crispness to what they were doing. Boom. You knew for sure. If I meet the commander of this organization, he's, he's not going to have his boots polished and his uniform won't be ironed either. You could just tell. If you saw an organization that had a a lot of fitness. Now, of course, there's certain kinds of organizations like, um, you know, the infantry where everybody's fit. But, you know, in the in the in the units where it's a mixed bag of, of jobs, you know, mechanics or whatever, if you saw really fit people, you knew the commander was fit. If you saw kind of out of shape soldiers, you knew the commander was probably out of shape. The units always reflected their commanding officer. Well, that's the way everything is. All of life Every institution in the world, every organization in the world is a reflection of the person leading it. You know, children's of par- children of parents who have never divorced are far less likely to get a, a divorce. Athletes who are coached by a former champion typically become champions. Great sales organizations almost always have a great salesperson leading the organization. See, if you want high performance, it starts with modeling high performance, which goes back to the lesson from last week. One of your greatest challenges is going to be your personal effectiveness. You've got to get on purpose about being great at what you do, and you need to be motivated to be great at what you do. Because if you will model what you do for a season of your life, not that you stop being great, but you will see duplication of the greatness, which will then lead to multiplication of your results. And you will be able to accomplish more than you ever dreamed possible. If you're not modeling excellence in the area where you lead, the best you could hope for 
is addition. And the reason is you're kind of hoping that someone better than you will just show up by luck and be great in spite of the fact that it hasn't been modeled for them. And so you've added one at that point. That's not what we want to do. We definitely want to multiply. Now, let's be clear. What this means is that the opposite of modeling high performance will not work. We can't sit back and just wait for the team to perform. And I can't tell you how many leaders, and I'm using that term with the air quotation marks right now, I can't tell you how many people who've been in a leadership or a managerial position I've encountered in my life who thought, that their role was to just watch someone else go perform and get the benefits of the of the, of the labor. You know, when I had my first part-time job, I'll never forget it. When I was 16 years old, I took on a part-time job as a salesman in a clothing store. And I was a great salesman at the clothing store. I took it I took it pride in someone walking in and wanting one item and me upselling them on seven other items before they walked out of the store. You know what? My manager was a lazy bum. The guy just sat back and did a bunch of nothing. And you know what? That store ended up closing. They ended up closing that particular store within the overall franchise of stores because it was a low-performing store. Why? Because the speed of the leader is the speed of the pack. If you're sitting back and waiting for people to be great, you're not going to get results. You can't slack off and hope that someone else will do it for you. That That's not leadership. Leadership is about you leading the charge, you being the best. You know, I like to think of myself as somebody that, you know, nobody on my team can outwork me. No one in my organization is going to be more professional. No one in my organization is going to have better skills than me. Now, does that mean that I don't want great people in my organization? I absolutely do. Is that some sort of arrogance on my part? Absolutely not. I'm actually inspired when I get around people in my team who I see their skills on the rise. I start thinking, Scott, you better get on it, buddy. You better get out in the woodshed. You better you better improve yourself because these people are about to pass you by. I take personal pride in being a person that I would be happy to say to my people, you just model me. If you just do what I do, you can get results. That should be where you take personal pride as well. You know, one of the things that you might have heard me talk about before is um, I'm a Christian and uh, not not uh, trying to make this about that, but in, in the scripture, there's this thing that uh, is just always fascinated me. You know, I've always been fascinated by Christ's methodology of reaching the whole world. I mean, think about how kind of weird it is. I mean, if, if you believe what the Bible says, this is this is God, and he could do anything he wants. I mean, he could put a neon sign in the sky. I mean, he could just hook us up to the matrix, and we just all believe what he says. I mean, he could do anything he wants, and he lives with 12 people and has them go do it. I mean, isn't that bizarre that he would spend three years with 12 people and say, now you go do it? But think about the genius of it because he multiplied in a very powerful way. Well, one of the people that ended up getting the multiplication to happen through was a guy named Paul. And most of y'all know the Apostle Paul, he, he wrote most of the New Testament. 13 of the books in the New Testament. And you know, what's crazy is that Paul said something that's always staggered me. He said, you imitate me. 
Now that is really wild. Why doesn't he say you imitate God, you imitate Jesus? Now he does say that in a couple places, but he also says this, inasmuch as I imitate Jesus, you imitate me. But he says you imitate me more than he says you imitate Jesus. Why? Because they never saw Jesus. They didn't know what it looked like to be that high speed, to be that spiritually developed. So Paul took it on himself to be an imitator of Jesus so that the people could look at him and then they knew what it looked like to imitate Jesus. This is leadership. This is what we do. We tell people, listen, you just imitate me. If you'll imitate me, you'll be good to go. And then guess what? Your people's people won't have met you, but they can say the same thing in turn. You just imitate me. And guess what? They're ultimately imitating you, the one who modeled and set the pace. By the way, uh, those 12 dudes, they have 3 billion followers today. I think it worked. Now, that's the first step to inspiring high performance. You've got to model high performance. Listen, while we're talking about inspiring high performance in your team, I want to pause and talk about high performance in your personal life for just a moment. You know, over the past few months, I've been traveling around the world and speaking to leaders and entrepreneurs, and I've been stunned to find out that the vast majority of the leaders and entrepreneurs that I've been talking to have never incorporated themselves. Here they are emerging leaders and they've never done one of the smartest thing they can do, which is get incorporated. Now, maybe this idea is new to you and you might be thinking, why would I want to do that? Well, because financially, it's a no-brainer. I mean, it's going to save you money. It's going to protect you against liability. It's going to ensure your assets are protected and are going to be there for your loved ones and family if you pass on, and so much more. And so I've decided to partner with Inkfile.com to make the process of incorporating super easy and give you absolutely the least expensive way to do it. For just 49 bucks, you can incorporate, and that money is going to save you in the first year far more than $49. Um, They'll do the federal, the state filings. They can take care of all the paperwork each year automatically. They'll even get you an EIN number, which is your tax ID number, so you're ready to roll immediately. And if you'll go to scottrossonline.com slash get incorporated and use the link there to set up your corporation, I'm going to give you some free gifts. I'm going to give you a white paper on, you know, why you would want to incorporate and how to choose the form of corporation that you set up, what structure, you know, LLC or S Corp or C Corp. And I'm also going to give you another white paper I've written on how to create business credit very quickly. So you can actually increase your buying power three, four, five, ten 10 times very quickly by having credit in your business's name that's not in your personal name. So go to scottrossonline.com slash get incorporated and man, get incorporated. It's one of the smartest things you're ever going to do. So let's get back to this idea of inspiring high performance in your people. The next thing that you need to do is you need to cast a vision of high performance for your people. You need to cast a vision of high performance for your people. Now, let me make sure that I'm really clear on what this means, because vision is a huge part of leadership on a number of fronts. We need to be able to cast vision for the organization at large. We need to be able to cast vision to our potential customers and partners of what it means to align with us. We need to be able to cast vision for different 
components of the team. But what I'm specifically talking about right now is casting a vision for personal high performance directly to your follower. This is a one-on-one relational conversation or series of conversations that you need to have as a leader with the person you want to inspire. By the way, let's just take a little moment and make sure that we all understand something. And I don't have a long time to get into this. So this is, uh, I mean, we, there are books written about this, but one thing you need to know is that we have this big misnomer in our modern society. And the misnomer is that institutions should quote, do something. Okay. What do I mean by that? Well, people say the, the government should, or the company should, that company should. Here's why that's a misnomer. I know this is going to be weird. If you've never heard this before, if this philosophy might be new to you, this is going to, you're going to want to argue with me. I don't have time to argue about it right now. You just have to trust me. We can talk about it later. There is no such thing as an institution. There is no company. There is no government. There is only one entity that can operate in the world, and that is a human, an, a, a person. There's only people. See, companies don't make decisions. People make decisions. You say, well, yeah, but the company did X, Y, Z. No, someone in the company did X, Y, Z, and then led enough other people to agree that then that's the direction the organization went. But a company didn't do anything. A person did it. The government doesn't do anything. A person does. A senator introduces a bill. A president gives a speech. Somebody declares war, whatever. It's always a person. And it's a cop-out to blame an institution. And it's a cop-out to expect an institution to do this or that. When there is no way for an institution to do anything because it doesn't really exist. It only exists in as much as humans agree to work together and call themselves some title like the Senate or company XYZ. Okay, so having said that, if we want performance, if we want excellence in terms of action, we can't speak at an institutional level because the institution can't do anything. It's not a real thing. It's just this illusion that it exists. Only people can perform And so if we really want performance, we've got to cast a vision for personal performance. Now, what does that look like? First of all, you have to raise people's level of expectation of themselves. You have to raise people's expectation of themselves. See, people will always rise to the level of their leader's expectation. They'll either rise or they'll check themselves out, and that's good, too. It's good to, to, to have that happen. But, you know, why is it, for instance, and, you know, I don't have anything with any of these schools, so don't get all mad if you hate these schools or whatever, your arrival, but, like, why is it that the same schools are always at the top of the college football standings? Like, why does Alabama always show up? Why does Clemson recently always show up? Why is it always, you know, Oklahoma, Ohio State? I mean, it's the same culprits year after year. Why? Well, it's because the, the, the standards in those organizations rise to a championship level, and once the mind is expanded to accept an idea, it can never go back to its original size. And so once there's, in, once there's a standard amongst all those people, the coaches, they know what excellence looks like. The other players, they know what excellence looks like. And so when a new player shows up, think about it, like with an Alabama 
they I don't know. I'm not a big college football fan, but I just know they've been in the in the football championship or the playoffs. Like, I don't know. It's been forever since Alabama wasn't one of the major players, right? So why is it they turn over their students like every two to three years? Every two to three years, it's new athletes. How is it they stay? Because once the standard is there, when a new person shows up, everybody communicates that standard to the new player and his standards go way up. Now, Here's the thing that's crazy. If you were to take all the recruits in college football across all the universities at, at the Division One level at least, what you would find is there's very little differentiation in the athletic ability. Like the guy or the girl that goes to, I don't know, uh, TCU uh, that goes to Texas Tech, big schools, Division One schools. When's the last time Texas Tech was in a national championship? I think it's been never. Well, the, I guarantee you the athlete that went to Texas, and by the way, I'm not bashing Texas Tech, but I'm just picking a random school. The, I guarantee you the athletes going to Texas Tech are world-class athletes. These are amazing athletes getting Division One scholarships. Why is it that they don't win championships and the people going to Alabama do? Standards. The Alabama standard is just higher. You're expected to win championships at Alabama. You're not expected to win championships at Texas Tech. If they won a championship at Texas Tech, it'd be like the next thing, next best thing to the Messiah returning. I mean, it'd be like everyone would lose their minds. In Alabama, if they lose a championship, they lose their mind because the expectation is just different. I would just ask you as a leader, are you expecting greatness out of your people? How much have you spoken to them about seeing greatness in them? And this leads to the next thing I wanted to see. You've got to start to believe in them more than they believe in themselves. You've got to start sharing with them what you see. I see you able to accomplish X, Y, or Z. I don't know what the metrics are in your organization. Hitting a rank, you know, achieving a certain sales figure, delivering the project, you know, being promoted, whatever is the thing that is the measure of excellence or the way excellence gets acknowledged and recognized and rewarded in your organization, you need to start talking to them about seeing that in them. And don't do it in this generic, disingenuous way. Make it very personal. I have to tell you, you know, you've shown up and I work with a lot of people and I have very, very rarely seen somebody with your work ethic, someone with your work ethic, with your willingness to just get in and dig in and do the hard things, man, we add a little bit of coachability to that and we improve your skills just a hair. You are going to set this thing on fire. You see, you make it very specific to them, man. I've rarely seen someone with your giftedness for working with other people. I mean, you are absolutely phenomenal at the your um, emotional intelligence and your empathy level with people. I mean, if we just can, if we can just get a little bit of your disciplines in doing the work that we do here that creates results combined with that, it's over. I mean, you're going to be the best there ever was. We're inspiring and we're expecting excellence out of them. Start to make sure you cast that vision. The other thing about this is that Again, because it's personal, we need to speak their language. 
So speak in terms of what makes them tick, what inspires them. You know, if you're a money motivated person, don't assume that's what motivates someone else. You know, they might be inspired by something they can do for their family. They might be inspired by something they're going to be able to do um, that's a cause out in the world. They might be inspired by the fact that, um, I don't know, they're the first person in their family that's ever been in a certain position and had the opportunity to achieve X, Y, or Z. You just need to know what makes your people tick and you need to speak in their language. If they're a super competitive person, speak in the language of winning. If they're the kind of person that loves to help other people, speak in the language of how many people they can impact through the results that they can get. But start to cast a vision for excellence. Start to cast a vision for very high levels of personal performance. Let me tell you one other thing about this. The flip side of this is true, but you need to be delicate with this and you need to have rapport and relationship to pull this off. Remember this, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. It is very critical that your people know your heart. They've got to know the heart of their leader. If they know that your heart is for them unequivocally, Without hesitation, you know, you're on their side no matter what, unconditionally you love them. When they know that, you can do this next part. And the next part is in love, being disappointed when they don't meet the standard. In love, sharing with them, you know, that wasn't your best. I see bigger things in you. I know you have more in you. Now, there's ways to couch that. We've talked about it in this podcast before. How do you have those difficult, crucial conversations? Go back and listen to that information. But you want to do that as well. But it's all around this idea of casting a vision for high levels of personal performance. Guys, we got a lot more to get to. I've actually got three or four more techniques in inspiring high performance, but that's going to be about all the time that we've got for this week's episode. This is episode 112. Again, you can get the show notes for this at scottrossonline.com slash 112. I'll put links to some of the other podcasts that can help in some of these areas. I've alluded to several of those. There's also an audio program that I'm going to link to that you can dive into if you really want to get into the meat of this. Next week, we will continue talking about how to inspire high performance in your team. And I know it's going to be very, very valuable to you. Thanks a lot for being here. Share this podcast with your friends and family, comment on it, uh, tweet it out, whatever you can do to promote it. We love you guys. God bless you. Talk to you next week. We hope you have enjoyed this audio program. For more resources to further your development as a world-class leader and for success strategies and tactics in all areas of your life, please visit scottrossonline.com. And be sure to connect with Scott on Facebook and Twitter using the ID at scottrossonline. 